NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. IndyCar was the road team on its home track last weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The series was part of the only IndyCar NASCAR triple header weekend of the season. The NTT IndyCar Series was the opening race of the three races with Will Power reclaiming his title as King of the Road at the 14-turn, 2.439-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. Power's impressive win in the big machine spiked Cooler's Grand Prix was his sixth total victory at Indianapolis, tying him with NASCAR's Kyle Busch for the most career wins at the Brickyard. Austin Sindrick, the son of Team Penske president Tim Sindrick, won the second race on Saturday, the Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard, to add the Sindrick name to the list of legendary winners at IMS. The final race of the weekend was the wildest as the NASCAR Cup Series ran the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course for the first time ever in the Pennzoil 200 at the Brickyard. It was a fairly clean race until seven laps to go when chaos ensued as the temporary curbing in turn six, known as Turtles, disintegrated from the heavy stock cars running over it for the entire race. That created a massive multi-car crash that stopped the race for a 20-minute red flag. But another crash on the restart slowed the race even more. There was a delay of 73 minutes to run the final three laps of Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series race. Once racing resumed, NASCAR's Chase Briscoe knocked race leader Denny Hamlin out of the way after Briscoe had run through the grass and did a shortcut of the course, drawing a penalty from NASCAR. Former IndyCar driver A.J. Allmendinger, the 2004 Champ Car Series Rookie of the Year, was the winning driver for his first win at Indianapolis and the second cup victory of his career. IndyCar had the cleanest race of the weekend with only two yellow flags for five laps and a race that featured 11 lead changes among six drivers. Power dominated the race, leading for 56 laps. We have an interview with Power after his big win at Indianapolis, the 40th victory in his career, coming up later in the show. But first, we have an exclusive interview with former NASCAR Cup Series star Dale Earnhardt Jr. on his thoughts on seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson's rookie season in IndyCar. The two drivers were teammates at Hendrick Motorsports and remained good friends. After retiring from NASCAR competition, Earnhardt is one of the lead analysts on NBC Sports' NASCAR coverage. 
Here is my exclusive interview with Earnhardt from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Obvious question. What do you think? One last piece of business is that. I think it is honorable what he's trying to achieve. It looks hard as hell. Yeah. So, uh, just um, he's kept a smile on his face. Any most people would have probably folded the tent, um, or given up, or stomped their foot in frustration, but. He keeps he keeps getting up, getting back on the horse, and going again. And um, it's admirable, and it's uh, hopefully going to turn out the way he wants it to. You know? He says he's having a blast yeah. because he gets to drive a really fast car really fast. But when you think of his career as accomplished, a lot of people look at him and go, "Why is he even doing this? Because it's going to nothing's going to tarnish his career." No. But in some ways, it could be the one thing he didn't succeed at. Yeah, and that's okay, you know. And I think he's 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 earned that right. He's earned every right to go fail at something. Yeah. You know, and if he wants to race this and do this, and he's enjoying himself, that's his prerogative, and more power to him. And I'm, you know. Everything, every you know, you can't win them all, and 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 he's found a tough challenge, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Have you watched any of his races? I mean, some just a little, just a little bit. But I mean, in some ways, you kind of look at it and kind of, I don't want to say cringe, but you know that I mean, the guy's a seven-time Cup champion. Well, it's definitely been diff- more difficult, I uh, think, than anyone expected for him. Yeah. And uh, it's been difficult for him to find the pace, but uh, he's he. I'm glad he keeps get coming back. You know, I'm glad I'm glad he hasn't folded the tent. I'm glad he's keep he's gonna try to keep going and try to figure it out. And, um, I'm a I'm a fan of his and want to see it want to see him succeed. And I don't want to see him give up. So I'm glad to see him show up every single week, week after week, and uh, try to make it work. And and. I mean, I'm in it as a fan. I'm invested as long as he is. Yeah. If he wants to keep coming back and trying, I'm gonna keep hoping that it that it gets gets going in the right direction. Also, it seems like you've brought a lot of eyeballs to this series through Carvana and the American Legion, and especially being the voice of suicide prevention for the American Legion. Well, those are kind of Jimmy Johnson type roles when you think about it. How important do you think that program is? Well, I, th- I think that he's a he's an incredible individual with a great heart and uh, you know I feel like that he you know he gets behind he puts he puts his you know he puts everything behind everything he gets involved in and and dives into it and uh, nothing nothing really surprises me when it comes to his character and 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 class, uh, you know, he was an excellent champion for us, and always, never was was involved in any controversy or any anything off track, and, and just uh, was a great representative for our sport. And he'll he'll be the same for IndyCar and and all the charitable charitable initiatives that he's a part of. He's going to test at Oval later this month. It's either going to be Homestead or Texas. It's kind of in discussion. With the intent of running the Indianapolis 500 next year, do you think that's when we'll start to see the true Jimmy Johnson in an IndyCar? I don't know. You know, I think that um, he's still not going to give up on making it happen on a road course. He's he's never, never a guy to... 
to give up so too easily. So I expect to see him continue to push to find the pace and, and, the, and, and the comfort that he's looking for on the road courses. But I, I would like to see him try to run Indy once yeah. uh, just so he can check that box. And uh, uh, do you think that that transition will be a little bit easier for a guy who's come from his background? You would think so, but these cars are going to be different. They're going to have different challenges. They're going to, you know, the air, the way they react behind each other and all that, it's going to be a lot different. So he's he, 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 uh, he'll have plenty of support in coaching and, and, and understanding what's coming at him and how the cars are going to react in traffic. And I think Kurt Busch can – can you know listen to the Kurt's comments after he run? He was he was surprised by some of the thing, he was surprised by some of the some of the you know the things that he faced that he didn't face in a stock car in terms of traffic and how the cars reacted in traffic. So there'll be some new things that he'll deal with that uh, he'll have to learn. It won't be he won't be able to rely on all of his instincts and stock car knowledge because it's going to be a, it's going to do different things in the wind and the in the in the turbulent air but we'll see how it works out and one more question there was so much history in the brickyard on the oval that's not a thing in the past nascar is not afraid to make big, big swings it changes what do you think it's going to be like this first race and how important do you think it'll be to be the first road course winner here well i don't know you know i don't know how the drivers feel about it but um, it's still a very historic racetrack, and any kind of victory here is a, a big deal. Yeah. I don't really know. I think NASCAR is trying to find its identity here, and uh, we'll see how this weekend is perceived and received by the fans. They'll let us know whether it's just something that needs to keep happening or if we need to go back to the Oval or not. It was almost like a homecoming weekend for my next guest, who got to visit with a lot of his friends and fellow competitors during his legendary NASCAR career. It's Jimmy Johnson, who had the best complete race of his rookie season in IndyCar. He ran better laps in practice, had faster speeds and qualifications, and was even in the top six of his segment with 30 seconds to go before some faster cars kept him from advancing into the final round of 12 drivers. Johnson started 22nd in the race and was much more competitive than any other race this season. He finished 19th in a 28-car field with such drivers as four-time Indianapolis 500 winner Elio Castroneves, multiple IndyCar race winner James Hinchcliffe, three-time Australian Supercars champion Scott McLaughlin, Indy Road Course winner Redis VK, and NTT IndyCar Series points leader Alex Pillow all finishing behind him. I caught up with Johnson in his pit area immediately after Saturday's Big Machine Spiked Coolers Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You raise the ceiling now at the end of the year. Is it almost time to raise the roof? <laughs> I'm getting there. I, you know, these are the things that people close to the team have been able to see, and it was nice to have a clean weekend and really let the statistics kind of show my, my improvement over uh, you know the eight months that I've officially been an IndyCar driver. Obviously, it's got to be your best complete race of, of your rookie season. I mean, you were out there, you were racing, you passed guys, you had competitive times, you were fast and qualifying. Does this go down as your best 
total race weekend in Indy. Yeah. For, excuse me. For sure, this is my high water mark right now. And I tested Portland, so hopefully I can take this momentum and confidence and build on that for Portland. But I think this really just shows that coming back to a track a second time and, and how much there is in understanding the track and where to be aggressive. Eric Cowden said one of the difficult things that you've had is you've had so many different voices in your ear telling you how to do this. Do you want to give each one their amount of time and what you do? But he said, but now it's time to let Jimmy be Jimmy and go out there and race by the way he feels. Are you getting to that point? I am, and I'm surrounded by so many great people here on this team, so much experience. And through my my experience as a race car driver, I know that there are many ways to get the job done, and I've tried to take the advice from all and apply it. Um, I still do hear those voices. It might be a little more difficult to apply on the spot, but I, I am taking the lessons learned, um, the, the lessons taught to me by this long list of uh, accomplished drivers to help me and applying it when needed. How much fun has it been to see old faces this week? It's been awesome. Uh, great to see some guys even before the race. I saw Eric Amarola, Canals, um, a bunch of my old guys from the 48 team. Um, I, I miss them all. I really do. Is it like a reunion week for you? Kind of, sort of. I mean, I only saw probably 12 or 15 guys, and I, I had hoped to see 120 guys, you know. So just the schedules didn't work out, but it really does feel nice to see everybody. All right, man. Thanks, man. By driving to victory in Saturday's race, Will Power now has 40 wins in his IndyCar career, breaking a tie with the great L. Unser on the list of career winners in the history of the sport. He is just two wins behind Michael Andretti's 42 victories. The only drivers with more are Scott Dixon with 51, Mario Andretti with 52, and the great A.J. Foyt with 67. Here's my interview with Power immediately after his first win of the 2021 season. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the winner of the Big Machine Spiked Coolers Grand Prix. It's our old pal. It's the driver of the number 12 Chevrolet. It's Will Power. Will, your 40th career race. You had to work for it a little bit there at the end trying to get by a lap car driven by James Hinchcliffe. But... Once your car was out front, there wasn't really anybody else that could touch it. How how good was your car today? Yeah, car was really good. I think we had a, a very good setup, and um, like you said, if we had clear air, we'd just pull away. Uh, getting in dirty air it was very difficult. Very difficult. Fortieth career victory. You now surpass L. Unser. The great Al Unser, and those are some legendary names that you're yeah. surpassing now. And when you think Will Power's name is up there above Al Unser for career victories, you're closing in on Mario Andretti for career polls. What do you think when you think that Will Power, this kid from Toowoomba, Australia, is up there with the greats of the great? Yeah, it's something I never would have imagined when I um, arrived here in the U.S. So, um, yeah, just... <laughs> crazy to see your name amongst such legends and actual heroes of mine. Michael Andretti was a big hero of mine growing up and um, to have him, he's fourth on the all-time list and wins is pretty cool. And Mario is just, you know, overall legend of the sport. There's, you know, no, been no one like him. To be that close in polls is amazing too. Team Penske's been in a little bit of a funk this year. How bad did the team need this victory at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Um, they, yeah, we've, man, we've had a bad year. Certainly not through lack of trying. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think Roger would be over the moon with that. Yeah, you know, Tim Sindrick said to me before the race, "Go win it, man. We need it." And um, and yeah, we was true. I felt very good for everyone that we we got that win. Started outside the front row. Pat Oward built a pretty good lead there at the beginning of the race. You pitted a little bit early to try to mix it up a little bit. How important was that pit stop? Well, we were on the blacks and he was on the reds. And so we thought as his reds degraded, if we could, we came and pitted and pitted onto reds, we'd close a bit of a gap on him. And he was pitting to blacks. And then I knew we were in really good shape because we were pretty quick on reds. So, um, yeah, that didn't take long to get him. And then once things shuffled out, you were in the lead on lap 21, and you, the next stretch, you led, ran, was running away from the field. How would you describe the way the race played out for you at that point? Yeah, I mean, it was playing out very well for us until we got upon Hinchcliffe, and then we just couldn't get by him. You know, he was using push to pass and doing his best to keep us behind. So that certainly made it very difficult. But then as hard as it was to be behind him, I thought, well, if these guys close up on me, it's going to be the same for them. Like, it's going to be difficult following as well. So uh, uh, I wasn't that worried when we pitted and we had like a four or five second gap to Herder. I thought, I was worried that I was like, I'm going to spend a whole stint behind Hinch again because he's he's just, he was like a second slower than me and that's enough to not be able to get by someone. But I'm sure you were planning on jumping him out of the pits when you both pitted at the toward the end of the race. Yeah. But then your engine hesitated a little bit. Yeah, Stalled. I was in second gear. Didn't even realize it. I was in second gear. Man, that was lucky. I was in second, went to neutral. I don't know, it must have double-clicked up. And I stalled. And then I coasted and restalled because we would have jumped him in the pits. We would have got him. Because the guys did a really good stop. And those of us eavesdropping on your radio could hear your reaction when you realized you're going to be f- yeah. following Hinchcliffe <laughs> out of it. Like, what like, was your man. reaction? Oh, I was just like, <laughs> not another stint of this. I mean, <laughs> IndyCar needs to intervene here and just, yeah, let the race go on between myself and Colton. But in spite of the yellows toward the end, the restarts at the end, you were able to maintain your lead, you were able to defeat Colton Herta. He gave you a pretty good charge. What's it like, though, when you're able to beat a kid like that that in a lot of ways he drives a lot like you did at that age? Yeah. I mean, Colton is certainly next level. When you saw what he did last week, he's very impressed by him. Very, very impressed. And uh, there's no question he'll be a champion in the future and win a lot of races. He will. And in a lot of ways, it's been a tough year for you to finally get that victory. Just, yeah. How is willpower going to just ah. celebrate? What kind of relief do oh, you feel? Oh man, big relief! Like, I cannot tell you how much of a relief that is. It's almost surreal to me when I'm going to win the race. I just like, I can't believe I'm winning another race, another year. You know what I mean? Like, I was worried. Like this, I'm like, this is the year that I don't win a race. So yeah, bloody. I will be so determined next year not to come into a season where you're not knocking on the door for wins. I mean, it just, yeah, you got to do the work. 
But of course, you just signed a new contract or before the beginning of the season to remain at Team Penske. So I imagine team owner Roger Penske and team president Tim Sendrick are going to expect some more victories out of you next year. Yeah, and the year I, after. I, exactly. And I expect them out of myself. I mean, I cannot stand it. It's no fun to me when I'm not competitive. I cannot stand that. It's not worth me being there. You know, when I don't perform, my personally, like, I don't deserve to be here. I hate it. So now that you've broken the winless streak, can you just go to Gateway and Portland and Laguna Seca and Long Beach and just go out and be the old willpower? Yeah. Um, I came in here being the old willpower, you know, just attacking it like I normally do. And, um, yep, I was looking forward to that West Coast swing. All good tracks for me. Looking forward to seeing if we can get another win and, uh, yeah, see how see how this all plays out. I have a feeling you may get another win this year. Willpower, you did a heck of a job today in the big machine spiked coolers Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the first race of an IndyCar NASCAR triple header. Congratulations. Good luck the rest of the way, and thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Awesome. Thanks, Bruce. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. With Pelot's 27th place finish, our next guest was able to close the gap in the NTT IndyCar Series Championship race to just 21 with four races remaining. It's Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP Racing. Joining us now is Alex Pillow, driver of the number 10 NTT Data, Chip Ganassi Racing Honda, the car that's been at the top of the NTT IndyCar Series standings for most of the season. Now we're heading to Gateway, the last short oval race of the year under the lights. 
anytime you go to an oval, there's a chance that the points could get scrambled up. How big a concern is that for you to maintain what you've built up all season? Yeah, I'm super excited to go to Gateway. I think uh, it's always fun to see indie cars around the ovals, and I think Gateway um, as a track and as an event is super exciting. I think about the championship, yeah, obviously it, it always uh, gets a bit more crazy on the ovals, but I think we did a really good job this year so far on the ovals. We got a fourth place in Texas, a seventh in Texas, and second here in the uh, Indy 500. So uh, hopefully we can keep it going at Gateway. Um, it's, a, it's a race that I'm looking forward to. And not only that, it's a night race, and it's held in front of a big crowd, and it really seems to be quite an atmosphere for that event. Didn't get much of a chance to experience that last year because of COVID, but they still had spectators there. How excited are you to go there? Saturday night race under the lights, short oval. It has all the makings for a lot of fireworks. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, I always saw that race on TV, and it looks awesome in the night. Everybody enjoying uh, on the grandstands, and it's full of people. So I think it's, uh, it's an event that it's super important for IndyCar and for the fans. So... Uh, hopefully this year we can get that full crowd again, uh, not like it last year, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think we have a good car as well. The team's been doing really good so far in, in Gateway, so yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good event for us. It's going to be another couple of weeks off, and then it's going to be the uh, last three race streak races on the West Coast that will end the season. How excited are you for that? That's going to take a lot of endurance to get through those three races because they're all three different types of races oh man i'm super super excited never been so excited to go to the la that last three races i think also we have awesome tracks to go um portland laguna and long beach um i don't know long beach uh because i never been there but uh it looks awesome looks a good event and and we'll need to learn super fast but portland we tested there laguna i tested there and yeah i love those tracks so hopefully we can we can have a good three weeks there and and get that championship home not only have you had a great season, but Scott Dixon is right behind you, chasing you for the championship. And oh, by the way, Marcus Erickson has won twice this year. He's still in the championship battle. Jimmy Johnson continues to try to learn the art of driving an IndyCar. But when you look at the entire effort at Chip Ganassi Racing, how do you feel 2021 has been? You got to really feel excited about it. Uh, so far, it's been much much better than I expected I think as a team we work really good and Tony as well that he was with us in the oval uh, events it's been a huge help um, so yeah I think we we all work really hard uh, Scott obviously it's been a really big part of of the success so far in this season for for me and for for Marcus and and for Jimmy as well just because he's always a benchmark to beat and he's always up there and and, and he's always the best right so he sets a really high standard and that we need to try and, and follow and beat. So I think he's he's been a big part of, of our success. What do you think the biggest improvement you've made this year is? Lots of stuff, man, lots of stuff. I think last year was a super hard year for, for me uh, with COVID, less, less track time. Uh, now this year, obviously, I have a better team around me. Um, obviously, I have more experience. I know more tracks. But I think consistency, it's been, it's been key so far. Um, when, when we cannot win, we, we finish second. When we cannot finish second, we finish third. So I think that's, that's something that Chip itself uh, made it really clear. That's how we, you win championships, and that's how we're going to try and win this one. 
You broke into IndyCar Racing with Dale Coyne, with your partners, Team Go. To be able to move over to Chip Ganassi Racing, where they have all the resources, can do pretty much anything that needs to be done on an IndyCar. How rewarding is that for you to know you have the confidence that no matter what happens, they're prepared for it? Yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a bigger team, more resources. Um, it's, it's just more everything, so I think that's... That's the beauty of IndyCar as well, that you can go from a really small team to, to probably one of the biggest teams in, in the field. Um, I felt it was awesome, but I also have to say thank you to, to Dale and to Team Go because they gave me the opportunity to be here today. They took me from Japan to, to the US, to IndyCar, and, and to Chip, obviously, for, for trusting it. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a really good road so far. He's got a bright future in the NTT IndyCar Series, and he's also making his sponsors happy, NTT Data, which happens to sponsor the series. Alex Pelot, Chip Ganassi Racing, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you so much. With Pelot's 27th place finish, our next guest was able to close the gap in the NTT IndyCar Series championship race to just 21 with four races remaining. It's Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP Racing. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP Racing. Pato, there's been a little bit of a reshuffling in the points, but you're still well in the chase for the championship. How do you feel entering the final short oval of the year here at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park? I think, I, I really hope this is our, our turning point in the season where we get back to, to victory lane and... Um, just score podiums, score big points. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's our goal. Um, I think we have some great tracks for us coming up, um, but I'd, I'd love to start our, our, uh, our streak here. Uh, so I think, you know, we, we had a tough race here at the beginning of the year. I'd love to, to change that around um, and, and close out the year with a, with a more sweet feeling of indie road course. Um, and, yeah, just continue continue doing what we have been doing but just better but moving ahead to gateway how much do you think that the short oval can jumble things up even more because yeah i think that can be a great race for us um we we had very strong cars there last year so hopefully we we we're in the same kind of page this year and we can go that once one stop uh, one step better in the podium and and get a win out of there that'd be fantastic Looking back a couple of weeks ago to the Nashville race, uh, how frustrating was that? It had to be frustrating for a lot of drivers, just the way that race course was, that it was so tight. Uh, and if you got yourself in a little bit of trouble, it could really dramatically impact your race. In Nashville? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Nashville was different to any other race we've seen this year. I think fans like to see yellow flags, but they don't like to see nine yellow flags and two reds. So um, I think... You know, there's definitely obvious, you know, some improvements that that have to be made to make the racing better there. But I think the event has so much potential, as we saw. I mean, so many people went and uh, and enjoyed the weekend. There was some big news announced before that race, as McLaren has purchased 75% ownership of Aero McLaren SP Racing. Zach Brown made the announcement along with Sam Schmidt, Rick Peterson. What will that mean uh, in terms of? more resources, more things that McLaren over in Europe could maybe share with McLaren IndyCar. 
Um, I mean, what we're hoping is that means that we're going to go faster and we're going to be winning more races and challenge for more championships. That's that's definitely what what we're all going for. And um, I think it's awesome for, for the team. I know everybody's excited. Everybody's pumped about it. And I think that's the best for, for the future of, of this group. How far away do you think your team is from being considered one of the top teams in the series? Um, I don't think we're far. I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think we've been very strong in, in many weekends, but we haven't been uh, so strong in other ones. So I think we just need to, to close that gap, and I think it should be good. And how cool is it from your standpoint to see Zach Brown more involved with the IndyCar side of the operation? It's awesome. I'm, I'm a big Zach Brown fan. Uh, he's a big racing fan. Uh, he understands the business very well, and he likes to win, um, as we all do. So I think he's a great leader of, of our team, um, and I think he, he's the right person to, to, to take this team into, into the next level of of truly being a, a, a contender every single weekend. And also the possibility of maybe having a three-car team next year. How do you feel about that? I think it's great. Um, you know, honestly, I've, I'm focused on my things. I don't really have a say in, in, in who's in the third car, so I just let them do their job. And, uh, and if we have a third car, that's fantastic. Um, if we don't, um, I'll be fine. And by focusing on your thing, obviously the number one thing to focus on is the championship. How do you size things up over the last four races? Uh, we need to score more points in both Ganassi cars. That's that's the only thing we can do in order to for us to have a chance to win it in Long Beach. Pato Award, you've had a great season so far. Congratulations and good luck the rest of the way. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. And now let's chat with Award's teammate at Arrow McLaren SP, Felix Rosenquist. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Felix Rosenquist, driver for Aero McLaren SP Racing. Felix, we're down to the last stretch, four races to go in the season, beginning this weekend with a short oval at Gateway. It's the last oval race of the year. What are your thoughts heading into one more oval race? Nah, I think it's great. Uh, definitely miss the ovals. It's been it's been a long while since the 500, and even before then, we only had Texas. So it, it's been a an oval uh, dry year for sure. And I think it just creates a lot of excitement going into the gateway this weekend. And um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think also our car has proven to be very strong on the, especially on the short ovals, but even the even the, the big ovals. So yeah, really excited to see what we can do. There's been a lot of street course races. There's been a lot of road races. Ovals obviously take a different type of discipline. Short ovals even more so. What is it about Gateway that you like? I think it just it's just a good, fun track. I mean, going on a qualifying lap in Gateway, I think it's one, it's one of the most fun ones. You know, you really kind of have to break into turn one, and then three and four is, is wide open, or at least for some drivers it is. And just a good, good fun lap. Uh, then in the race, obviously, kind of hard to pass, but uh, it creates a lot of... A lot of tension in the in the pit sequence. You know, people really have to make sure they do good pit stops, and and uh, that's where you can make the biggest biggest moves. But um, yeah, I like going there, and I think they do a good show. They they they're really pumping this event out in the media and trying to you know make it one of the more popular races. And uh, yeah, I, I love going there. How about night racing? Racing under the lights, especially in front of a full house. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's always better at night, isn't it? It's, it's just 
ES creates a cooler vibe, and, and uh, we, yeah, we all love going at night. It's not as hot, as hot either, so I'll take that. And then the season's going to ramp up after a break. It's going to ramp up with three, three straight road course races, beginning with Portland, then on to Laguna Seca, then wrapping up with the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. How do you assess each of those races? How well do you think you can do in any of the final three races of the season? Man, I think I think we have a chance to really, you know, prove to to do some good results those last three races. I mean, it's uh, it's two pretty similar tracks and one one more street track, which we, as you say, we've done quite a lot of those this year. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward mainly to come back to to Laguna. I think that's a place that is really special, and I had good memories from there in '19. Um, and it's pretty cool to have that whole West Coast, you know, back to back to back. Uh, so I'd probably stay out there for those weeks and, uh, you know, hopefully do some other fun stuff in, in, in the meanwhile. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a great way to end the season for sure. There was some really big news last week on your team when McLaren CEO Zach Brown announced that McLaren has purchased 75% ownership in the race team. How excited are you and what will that mean for the future of the team, more resources, more of an involvement with the F1 team, chance to share engineering, things of that nature. What is it going to mean for the IndyCar team? Yes, exactly. I, th I think, first of all, it's just a statement that, it, you know, they're, they're serious about this program. I think Sam and Rick wouldn't, you know, sell their share if they if they weren't sure it was going to be the best for the team's performance. And that's that's always what they're pushing for. So uh, obviously Zach is, you know, he, he loves IndyCar. I think you can you can see it in in his eyes. You know, when he talks about IndyCar, he, it's something he always loved. And I think it's always been a plan of his journey to 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 be where he is now. And, uh, you know, obviously I can't speak for the details what it's going to mean, but... Uh, I think for this year, it's probably not going to change much. But for next year, for sure, there's going to be some changes going on. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to just see what, what, what it's going to mean. How far away do you think your team is from being considered one of the top teams in the series in terms of we, you always look at IndyCar and think of Penske, Ganassi, Andretti Autosport. The way I look at your team, you're not too far off of joining those three is on the top of the board. Yeah, I think we're close. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, I still think we have some stuff we need to sort out. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some weekends where we're not really where we want to be, but then we have some weekends where we're extremely competitive, uh, especially on the ovals this year has been amazing. Uh, some of the tracks like Barber have been extremely competitive, but then we had a tough one like here in Indy Road Course. And I think that's what you need now to be considered a top team. You kind of need to be strong everywhere. Uh, we're looking at getting a third car. I don't know what's the status on that, but I think that's also a good move to to make the team stronger in general. And uh, but yeah, we're we're getting there. And I think you know, especially Pado has shown this year that you know we we can definitely be up there and fight almost every weekend. And 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 yeah, exciting times. And then our final question with Felix Rosenquist of Arrow McLaren SP. How important is it for you to finish the season strong? You had the issue earlier where you missed a couple of races because of the crash at Detroit. I imagine it's very important for you to finish off the final four races very strong to prepare for next season. Yeah, it is. I mean, even if there's been some good potential this year, you know, I'm definitely not happy with the year we had. It's been it's been a tough season for, for the whole seven crew, and uh, there's been stuff going on in the background that's been 
tough to deal with, but uh, you know, I, I think we're a really strong team. We, we, I'm really, really impressed with how everyone's dealt with with the situation, especially around a crash, and and you know, when we had to find replacements, drivers really quick, and and but yeah, you know, we had you know, I say three races where we pretty much could have won the race, uh, like in Texas and even Detroit, the one where I, where I crashed, and uh, uh, that's what you have to take with you. And yeah, it's going to be important to. To end the season here, you know, not not only for for scoring points, but even for for my own confidence, I think it's going to be important to just have a good run, especially on the road courses, and, uh, and yeah, just try to put it all together next year. Felix Rosenkris, driver for Arrow McLaren SP Racing. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you, man. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank NASCAR legend Dale Earnhardt Jr., seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and IndyCar rookie Jimmy Johnson, 40-time IndyCar Series race winner Will Power, NTT IndyCar Series championship leader Alex Pelot, championship contender Pato Award, and his teammate Felix Rosenquist for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, followed by underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.